Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Talk, I want to talk this morning about the fact that, and this is something that I haven't preached publicly yet, it's something that God just spoke to me about last week, and you and I, we were praying, and we're just saying, Lord, what, what's the season for Restoration Church? Those of you know that when we come into a local church, we're not guest speakers. I've got some, some silver bullet preachers in my, in my, in my closet somewhere. I, can, I, mean, I, I mean, like, I can probably preach you happy if I can just get my top five preachers and just come and choose them and come and impress you this morning. But, uh, I mean, oh, sorry, I'm just saying that like, but, but that's not the purpose of us being here. The purpose of us being here is not to take like the best, like a, we're not a performer, performers trying to sing our best song so that you can walk away saying, wow, those people were amazing. That's not the reason why we are here. The reason why we are here is because you're a living uh, expression of Jesus Christ in this community and that you, you're a people that God's building together and even the people that are not, not in the room that are in su- summer break, they're getting something of a deposit of the Holy Spirit into restoration. So I've learned, I've been, been involved in church ministry for more than 20 years. I've learned that what God does sometimes even in the unseen is bigger. It's not a cognitive reality. It's not about me just coming to tell you what, what you wanna hear and now Ryan goes and say, that was great, give me a little golf clap and then it's all good. It's actually about a deposit that the Holy Spirit wants to bring the Bible says in Revelation, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. And so the Spirit of God is wanting to speak to restoration. And then that means I cannot come and bring my silver bullet preach. I've just got to come and say what I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to say to restoration for such a time as this. And so I want to talk to you today about shared faith. Shared faith. I've never heard someone speak about this, but I've, I've been so impacted by this reality that God wants us to live in faith that we put together, together faith. Faith that is, Mike, it's amazing how, how you put your faith in, I put my faith in, and um, Cynthia puts her faith in, and Marie puts her faith in, and together, when we put our faith in together, stuff happens. It's amazing how combined faith um, does great things. You, built, you bought a building, it was shared faith that made this possible. It was, obviously, it was faith in Jesus Christ, but it was your shared faith that makes it possible. When you plant a church, guys, you've planted a church, it's, it's shared faith that makes church planting possible. Going to the nations, it's often shared faith. And the reason why I'm gonna talk about this is I realize that sometimes the enemy brings a break, breakdown relationally. So when he separates us relationally, what he's actually after is separating our faith. Because if he can disconnect a husband and wife from believing together, then he's one. Because then there's disunity, there's disconnection. There's, they can't put their faith together for their children's future. If he can get believers to disconnect their faith and say, well, I'm only gonna believe for myself and, and my fourth bedroom with my ensuite bathroom and my promotion at work, and I'm just gonna believe for my upgrade with my vehicle, and it's all about me and my prosperity, then what he's done is he's, gotten you into an individual faith only and you miss the joy of a shared faith. You miss the joy of the bigness of what God wants 
for you. Is that right? I went, I went, I went last week Thursday, I went cycling with, um, with a few guys in church. And I'm not a, I'm not a mountain bike, I can't cycle, I can't cycle. Uh, <laughs> I'm a runner. And so, uh, so we, but we have this nice mountain bike that Marie uses and Joshua loves using it. And, and so we've got these trails. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I did not know it's one of the most amazing places in the world. They've got all these bike trails uh, close to the city. So we just, I just drove a few minutes, 15 minutes, got to this place and we, we started cycling. But I've gone on these trails before but recreationally, you know when, you, when you're cycling and you're like, oh, that's nice and that's nice. <laughs> but you're not pushing yourself. I'm not having a workout. I'm having, uh, I'm, I'm just exploring, right? So these guys said to me, Mark, let's go to one of those trails. Let's go and do this. And I start cycling with them. My man, all of a sudden, I started taking risks that I never thought I would take. Because how many of you know it can be quite scary on those downhills, right? And I started Pedaling fast, I was taking those uphills like a like a boss, my man. I was like the, like I was I was putting I was stretched. It was like something like they pulled something out of me that I didn't know was there. Something of a of a ability to 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 do more and to reach more and to go faster and to risk more than what I ever thought. I was I was out of my comfort zone, Toby. They stretched me out of my comfort zone. It's almost like I could accomplish more and I could experience more because I was with them. Hello? And so that's what, what happens is that the enemy says to you, just go alone on this journey. Just do your own thing. Just you and Jesus, and it's all good. The truth is, who's gonna pull the good stuff out of you? Who's gonna draw, who's gonna, who's gonna challenge you, who's gonna stretch you, because now they go fast, now all of a sudden, something's happening to me, Mike, because I mean, like, you're not gonna ride, you're not gonna, Leave me in the dust. I mean, I'm going to keep up with you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? There's an old African proverb. I am come from Africa. Those of you who do not know, I'm African-American. Um, I come from Africa. Um, and so, so it's this old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Hello? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. One of the biggest things that, that people miss out is they miss out on the together faith. Acts chapter 2 verse 44 says, and all the believers were together. Can you say together? Yeah. All the believers were together. It says, and they had all things in common. I said, Lord, it's impossible with the polarizing political um, climate that we're in and it's all sorts of stuff and then it's this and it's then it's that and then it's, you know, it's all sorts of battles that this nation faces, the world's facing. And the Lord said to me, the way to have things in common is to focus on the one, Jesus Christ, the person that gives us value, the person that gives us security, if we can focus on him, then the things that we do not agree about become secondary because we agree about him. Because we are together. And you know, faith comes, but the Bible says we look unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, the author and the perfecter, another translation says, the finisher of our faith. And so the problem is, is I think we often get caught up in fear and we get caught up in disunity and we get caught up in, 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 in isolation because we don't engage with the faith of Jesus, but we engage with the fear of this world. I believe that God has designed us, divinely designed us to draw from one another's faith, to put our faith together, to, to, to draw from each other. It says in Luke chapter 10 that Jesus sent this out the 70, remember when he sent out his disciples? He sent them out, did he send them out one by one? 
He sent him, oh, thank you, thank you, 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 you read your Bible. No, I'm just joking, all of us. He sent them out two by two. Why did he send them out two by two? Because he knew there's gonna be moments where the one's not gonna believe, the one's gonna have fear, the other one's gonna have faith. He knew that. Because they came back testifying of miracles. They came back testifying of signs and wonders. They came back testifying of demons fleeing out of people. And they were so impressed. And Jesus said to them, you must, don't just rejoice about the fact that demons tremble. Rejoice that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. But listen to this, friends. Miracles happen when you put your faith together. Right? In, in, in Matthew 18, verse 19, it says, listen to this. It says, again, I say to you, now you must understand, Jesus is talking about prayer. And he says that if two of you shall agree, can you say agree? See, you cannot have agreement alone because there's no one to agree with. He says here, on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in which is in heaven. Isn't that amazing? He says if two agree, Touching something, what does that mean, touching? It means you extend your faith together. I put my faith in, you put your faith in. And when we put our faith together, stuff happens. Our Father in heaven, I believe he's drawn to shared faith. When last did you believe God with someone? When last did you put your faith out with someone? When last did you, did you, did you say, listen, I'm these three friends that are far from God, but I'm not gonna alone pray for them. I'm gonna come to my church family and I'm gonna say, guys, you don't know these people and I don't wanna give you the details of their life. I just want you to, to write down their names with you and together we're gonna pray for them. We're gonna trust God for their lives. When last did you put your faith out together for someone's child that needs to have a revelation of Jesus Christ? When last did you put your faith out together to say, we're not only gonna be for our nation, what about the nation? What about the nations in, 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 the, in the Far East? What about praying for, for Thailand? What about praying for, for, for Indonesia? What about praying for nations that, that, are, that are experiencing persecution? Putting my faith out together. That's why, friends, I believe corporate prayer is a biblical reality because God doesn't only want us to pray to, alone. He wants us to pray together. And Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Why? Because when we pray together, one will put 1,000 to flight, two put 10,000 to flight. It's amazing. It's like your faith and your impact gets multiplied when you put it together. Can you see why the pandemic was a, was a challenge? Because people were isolated. Can you see why families struggle? I mean, we, we deal with people often. You will see what happens. The minute they start getting isolated, they start getting disconnected, they, they, they stop Stop connecting with the people of God. I'm not just talking about attending church on Sunday. I'm talking about being connected. I'm talking about being, putting your faith together. It's amazing. It's that, it's that age old thing. We all know that story about the, you, you can have a little bit of fire and I can have a little bit of fire, but when we put our fire together, it can become very, very powerful. Hello? But the same is true for fear. See, when you agree in faith, you see miracles. But when you agree in fear, you see destruction. The same is true for fear. Think about this. When the 10 spies came back, there were 12 spies that were sent to the, to the promised land. But when the 10 spies came back and they agreed in fear, and because of their agreement in fear, they abdicated, they let go of the promises of God because they agreed in fear. They put their fear together. 
That's what, honestly, friends, sometimes I feel like the media is designed to, f- to, to play the role of the 10 spies so that we can come in agreement with fear so that we can abdicate and let go of the promises of God and, and embrace smallness and embrace playing it safe and, em- and embrace just keeping it, yeah, letting go of what God's got for us. I mean, I'll never forget this, friends. It was 2015. We came out of 2014. End of 2014 was the worst part of, I, I could arguably say it was the worst season of my life. Um, we, we had not experienced people getting saved. We, we were struggling financially. My salary was four months late. We were in a failed uh, building project. Um, things were just not going well. I know things always go well for you. You're, you're in a... I come from Africa. That's where things really get hard, you know? Sorry, I'm, I'm just being naughty. I know, I know, I know. So I was having a tough time. Have you ever had a tough time? And so I'll never forget this. I came back. Uh, I came to the U.S. We prayed. God did a lot of stuff for me in, inside the U.S. I came back to beginning of 2015 or end of 2014, beginning of 2015, and we pulled out our elders together and our leaders together, and we said, guys, I believe we need to trust God. Can we put our faith out together? And so they said, what are we gonna trust God for? I said, how about we trust God for people to get saved in our Sundays meetings? And they're like, no, but no one is getting saved. So why would we trust God for people to get saved? I'm like, because the Bible says we need to seek and save the lost, you know? I said, how about we trust God for 100 people to get baptized this year? They said 100 people get baptized. The most people we've ever baptized in our, in our life was 27 people a year. So I said, well, let's trust God. I stand up one Sunday, I said, this year we're gonna baptize 100 people. We had people leave the church. They said to me, this is nonsense. Why do you wanna trust God for numbers? It's wrong. I said, okay. God bless. How many people do you think we baptized that year? 104. Can you give God praise? Now, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's not about the numbers. It's a, really, it was about people putting their faith together for the impossible. Do you see that? And I'm telling you, I came out of the worst season, and then I experienced the best year. You can go from your worst season to your best year, best season, when you put your faith with other believers. Amen? In Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 24, we hear, read about the disciples. They were just being threatened. They were just beaten they, they are struggling. It's like, it's like things are not going well for them. And the Bible says, and being let go, they went to their own companions. Can you say companions? You know what the West does? We in the West, you know, now that I'm an American, I know a little bit. I've only been here four months. You know what we do? We go and watch Netflix. We switch off our cell phones. Hello? We isolate ourselves. We're like... I'm going, going to have a pity party. I'm going to isolate myself. I'm gonna, especially when you go through a tough time, when you, when you experience resistance and threat, what do you do? You close yourself off. You don't wanna talk to anyone. You wanna become self-sufficient. Go and binge on some Netflix series. I know you never do that. Sorry, man, it's there in Charlotte, North Carolina. They struggle. It says, and they reported to them all that the chief priests. So they come and share their concerns. And they said to them, so they went and, so when they heard, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are the God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them. Listen to what they do. The first thing they do when they face challenge is they come to their friends and they come to their spiritual family and they raise their voices to God. 
together. They don't come to their spiritual friends complaining it's going to get us nowhere. Bad-mouthing our president is going to get us nowhere. Complaining about policies and about the gas prices. The gas prices, you still have to put the gas in the car. You can't, it's not going to, you can complain. But you know what you can do? What will make a difference? It might not change the situation immediately, but it will change you. When you take your eyes off that and you come with your believers and you say, let's put our eyes on Jesus. Verse 29 says, now Lord, look on their threats. So they don't speak speak to people about people, they speak to God about people. And grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hands to heal. So we're trusting you for the impossible, for miracles, signs and wonders. He says that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Watch what they pray for. Friends, if your faith is all about survival and if your faith is all about comfort, I'm telling you today, you're not praying biblical prayers. Biblical prayers was not, oh Lord, please, will you just stop the persecution? They did not pray to stop the persecution. They prayed for boldness in the midst of the persecution. They prayed for the word of God to, to, to be held in high honor and for to, the word of God to be prioritized in the midst of the challenge. They prayed that God would be glorified in the midst of the challenge. Now, yes, God, we wanna trust, please give us a speedy uh, recovery, a breakthrough, but it's not about my temporary comfort. It's about what you can do that's far bigger than me. You know what we do? You know what I often think we do? And this is what Mark Bailey does. I know you might be more spiritual than me, but what I do is I've got a movie. I'm, I mean, I, I'm a, I should have become a director, a movie director, because I play movies in my head, negative movies. When someone looks at me funny, I'm like, ah, oh, there's a movie. You know, they've been talking about me behind my back, and they've been, have you ever had that movie? I mean, I'm the star. I'm the, I mean, I must, I've got many, like, um, what do you call it, uh, Oscars. In, my, in the movies in my mind. I make movies of myself, right? And I make movies of people like you. I see you in my movies. And the movies I have is, oh, you know what? My kids are never gonna have a future. Oh man, you know, we're never gonna get through this. Oh, the movies I've, I've got is this, the world is just getting worse and darker. The movie, I make movies in my head, negative movies. Let me tell you one of the times I had a movie in my head. I went to the Philippine Islands. And while I was in the Philippine Islands, I went to this one island alone for six days. And in, on this island, what they do on this island, it's a Muslim stronghold uh, in Mindanao. And what they often do is, is I've heard of massacres taking place in the, on this island. And especially if you're from the West, so if you're European, what they would do is they would kidnap you and hold you for ransom. And then they'll, they'll type an email to your family and they'll say, give me the money, all right? Oh, you'll never see your, your, your family member again, right? And so... So just a week before I went, they kidnapped Canadians. On this island, they kidnapped Canadians and they were not letting them go. So, so I'm seeing Ian McKellar, if you, those of you who do not know Ian McKellar, they, him and Nola McKellar, they lead a church in Singapore. I'm seeing Ian McKellar the day before and Ian says to me, why are you going alone? And I said to him, there's no one to go with me. He said, never go alone again, never go alone. You need someone to believe with you. You need to someone to speak. So, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, and I'm reading the newspaper, they're gonna, they're gonna kidnap me. And the people I'm going to, I don't even know them that well. 
So already the movie starts in my head. And the, I mean, it's James Bond. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm on the on the plane, and I'm thinking, and I and I'm I'm thinking to myself, those people are tricking me to come. And then when I get there, they're gonna kidnap me. They're gonna take my my suitcases away from me. And then, then I don't know if I'm gonna be alive. And so as, but you know, it's, it's, it starts with a small little lie, but then you make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So Marie t- sends me a text. And as she sends me a text, I stand her back, just pray for me. So she doesn't know what I'm going through, but I'm convinced I'm gonna die. And I had no one next to me to say, no man, wake up man, get out of that movie man. I heard no one next to me speaking faith. And all I'm doing is I'm speaking fear. So you know what I did? I found that song by Mad Redman. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you ever heard that song? And I'm singing, and I'm like, oh no, you never let go. And I'm crying on the plane. I'm like, <laughs> and the people are looking at me funny on the plane. They're like, what's going on with you? I land on the island. And the guys are like, hey, we'll go and get your suitcase for you. And I'm like, no. They want to take my suitcase and then I'm in the car. I'm like, are they going to take me? Are they going to take me? Then they take me to a nice hotel. And I mean, by the grace of God, I made it. You know, I'm still here, right? But I'm telling you today, I wish I had someone next to me to just put his faith out because I had fear. I was struggling and I did not have a brother or a sister next to me. What about the movies that you have in your head? It says in... in in 2 Chronicles 20, is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. 2 Chronicles 20, we read about Jehoshaphat facing three different armies coming. Three different nations are fighting against him. And he, he's with his back against the wall, and it's almost like a verdict. The movie's starting now. He's going to die. All these people are going to die. They're going to lose everything. And so in verse 3, it's so powerful. The Bible says, and Jehoshaphat feared. Can you say feared? So Jehoshaphat's fearing... And then what does he do with his fear? Because I think sometimes we hear the bad report we, and then we do something else with the fear. Like I was like. He fears and watch what he does. And he says, and he set himself to seek the Lord. So he, he I don't think it's something he felt like doing. I think it's something he set himself to do. He told himself to do it. And watch what he does. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. So he realizes, my faith alone is not gonna overcome this fear and overcome this opposition. My faith alone won't make the difference. What I need is I need people to fast and pray with me. Restoration Church, whenever you get a chance to fast together, whenever you get a chance to pray together, take those opportunities with both hands. And even if you've got a fast half and even if you just got a not drink coffee for the day or you just get off social media, whatever you like doing all the time, just put your faith with your family, your spiritual family, because it's powerful. So what happens? The Bible says, so Judah gathered together, can you say together, to ask help from the Lord. And from all the city of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. They came together. They came together. They came together to worship, to prophesy, to pray, to fast, to believe together. 
restoration, your future depends not on you being amazing and each of you doing your own thing so amazingly great. Your future depends on Jesus being faithful and when you are faithless, he remains faithful, but when you put your faith together, Jesus does supernatural things beyond what each and every, any of us can do alone. Amen? And so, do you wanna quickly get practical before we land? Can I get practical with you? Because what I've learned is God inhabits the praises of his people. And even Jesus, when he says, when he pray, when he says teach us how to pray, how did Jesus teach us how to pray? Did he teach us to say, my Father who art in heaven? So it's, it's Father's Day. He taught us to say, our Father. Combined faith, community faith. So 1 Samuel chapter 14 is a classic example of some practical help that you and I can, can have when it comes to putting our faith out together. So I wanna encourage you to study 1 Samuel 14. It's one of my favorite uh, passages. Sorry, I've got so many favorite passages. But uh, I love this because it's Jonathan and his armor bearer. And you must just quickly give the backdrop of the story. What's happening, Diamond, in the story is you've got, you've got, you've got uh, Jonathan and you've got his armor bearer and Jonathan's got a sword and Saul's got a sword and they, they are, the Philistines are like oppressing them. So they are surely, I mean, Saul, Saul is shaking under the tree and they don't have a sword. The sword speaks for me of the word of God. So clearly the priesthood, the Philistines took all the blacksmiths, took all the people that can make swords out of the Israelite camp. So that means the Israelites could no longer have the sword. The people of God did no longer have the word of God. The only people was just Jonathan and Saul. And so it was impossible because how do you win a battle without a sword? But Jonathan says to his armor bearer, listen, we're gonna trust God to, together. They put their faith together, watch this. Practically, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, verse six of 1 Samuel 14, come, let us go over to the outpost to those uncircumcised men, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Oh, no, you know, Restoration Church, we don't put our faith out when we are thousands of people. We put our faith out when we ones and twos and fives and sixes and tens and twelves and twenties and thirties. We put our faith out any season. We put our faith out together, amen? because we can trust God, not ourselves. Verse seven, the, we'll listen to what the armor bearer said. Do all that you have in mind, these armor bearers said. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. Restoration Church, can we get practical? You know how you put your faith together? You together, heart and soul. Heart, my faith and my thinking and my belief. Heart and soul. We're in this together. Oh man, God, you gave us this building in this neighborhood. We, we, we together, heart and soul. God, we're gonna do life groups, heart and soul. God, we're gonna pray together, heart and soul. Amen. Verse eight, 1 Samuel 14 says, then Jonathan said, come on, then we'll cross over toward them and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up. But if they say, come up, to us, we will climb up because they will, that'll be a sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. Listen to this. He is saying, let's hear God together. It's not just let's do what we wanna do. Let's hear God together. Restoration Church, I wanna challenge, even the elders, I wanna encourage you. 
Grow in hearing God together. Grow in getting scriptures together. Grow in warring with the prophetic promises of God together. Because that's what Jonathan's doing. He's saying, let's hear God together. My armor bearer, I'm not just gonna do what I wanna do. Yes, you're with me, heart and soul, but let's make sure God is with us. Amen? Verse 13 says, um, oh, sorry, verse 12 says, the men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. Ah, here we go. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hands of Israel. He's like, he's like, listen, God's spoken. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know why people struggle to believe God? Because they're not hearing God. Amen? We live not by our faith, we live by his faith. And how do we get that faith? We look unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Verse 13 says, Jonathan climbed up using his hands and his feet and, uh, with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer. Watch this. You don't even know the name of the armor bearer. Could I say this? Putting our faith together is not about who gets the glory. It's about Jesus doing what he wants to do. And every single time you see Jonathan, armor bearer, Jonathan, armor bearer, they're together, 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 together. The best gets drawn out of them together. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer and he uh, followed and killed behind, uh, behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and the armor bearer killed some 20 men in, in an area of about a half an acre. Verse 15 says, then panic struck the whole army, those in the camp and the field, and those in the outposts and raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Isn't that amazing? How, how about trusting God for, for some impossibilities? You've seen some stuff in the past, you've seen... But how about trusting God together? Oh man, Lord, we're gonna trust you together. We wanna, maybe we wanna plant another life group. Gee, that's gonna be tough because that means we're gonna have to say goodbye to some of the people that we see in our life group. How about trusting God? We wanna, we wanna, we wanna impact another neighborhood, another area. Ooh, it's beyond us. No, no, Lord, if you're in it, we wanna do it. Confirm it, God, lead us, give us the victory. And so you know what happens? The reason why people don't believe together if that armor bearer got offended with Jonathan, he would have, Jonathan would not have been able to do what he's doing and the armor bearer would not have been able to be part of the victory. And listen to what happens. Is this enemy scheme, there we go. If the enemy scheme is to isolate us and the way he does that is through offense. You know why people don't believe together? Is because you come to a church, you love restoration. Who loves restoration church? Okay, not all at once. I saw all of those hands. There's like 300 hands. Those, of, those who are listening to this podcast, there's like thousands of people here. Now listen to this. I'm just speaking prophetically. This church is, can I say that, can I give you a word? This church is like one of the best kept secrets in Chicago. It's true. It's like a best kept secret, but it's time now to get the secret out. Because I'm worshiping here and, the, and I'm crying in the worship and I'm experiencing God's presence and I'm like, these people are so loving and your presence is here, God. I'm like, every person on the planet, if you've got two brain cells, you need to know this is the place to be. I'm not joking. I'm serious. But you know what's gonna happen? We're not gonna believe for that. Do you know why? Because sometimes we come in, it's honeymoon. How many of you know honeymoon? 
I just joined the church. It was honeymoon, man. I get there. Those people are extra beautiful, man. I'm like, I cannot even see a wrinkle on any of their faces. I am sure, I am sure they don't even, they don't even use deodorant. They just smell nice by themselves. I'm convinced they are perfect. It's honeymoon. You know, love is blind. Hello? Anyone just know about getting married and stuff? It's like, oh, it's amazing. Hello? And then offense comes, and then we get offended, right? We get disappointed, we get discouraged. And now you know what happens? Offense, that's why Jesus said, blessed is he who's not offended with me. And he said, Jesus said, I guarantee you offense will come. So the reason why people don't put their faith together, because I can't believe with someone that I'm offended with. If I'm offended with Mike, I struggle to put my faith with Mike. So the key to unconditional love relationships, Bruce McAlpine taught me, or he would call it covenant relationships, which means I love you for you, not for me. I love you because Jesus puts his love in my heart for you. So Sam, you and I are connected. Una, you and I are connected in the love of Christ. We are not connected fleshly. We're not connected conditionally. We are unconditionally connected because Christ loved us unconditionally. So his unconditional love makes us love one another with his love. But offense is a decision that all of us are gonna make. And if you can break through that offense, you can step into covenant, into unconditional love relationships. And then you can believe together. And I wanna close with a story. I heard the story about these baboons that they try to catch in, you know, in, in the jungle. And the way that they try to catch these baboons, they put, they put all sorts of like traps down for the baboons and they can't catch them because the baboons are too clever. And so they try everything to catch the baboons, but they know what the baboons love is they love the pips of the pumpkins. They love pumpkin pips. They eat those pumpkin pips. So what they do is they would, they would, they would, they would break the pumpkins and then they would eat the, the pips out of the pumpkins, but they would bring destruction. So these farmers are trying to catch them and stop them from bringing destruction. So you know what someone said? They said, we'll never be able to catch them with a trap, but you know why we can catch them? Let's cut a small, small hole in the pumpkin. And then when the baboon goes in and he puts his hand, the only way he can get his hand into the pumpkin is when his hand's open. And then when he gets to the pips, he closes his hand. And then when, he clo- when, he, when he's got the pips in his hand, he can't get the hand out of the pumpkin. And so you know what he does? He walks with the pumpkin. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking funny, I know. <laughs> He walks with a pumpkin. Hours later, he's still walking with a pumpkin because he will not let go of the pips. He refuses to let go of the pips. So the only way to freedom is let go of the pips so that you can get free. But he will not let go of the pips because he wants the pips. So he gets so tired by walking with a pumpkin that they catch them like this. They don't even have to set a trap for them because they're so weak, they can't run away. They, the dragging a pumpkin like that makes the baboon so tired that the baboon can't run away from its, from its captures. So you know what the devil knows? He knows that we like holding on to the pips of a fence. I'm not calling us baboons, I'm just saying he knows we, he knows we like holding on to the pips. We hold on to unforgiveness, we hold on to disappointments, we hold on to someone forgot my birthday, we hold on to someone did not do that and now I can't put my faith out with you because I'd rather, I'd rather drag this weight with me. 
And then I get caught and I get isolated by the enemy and I can never put my faith out with you. And my invitation to you today, if you're close to Jesus, man, let go of the pips. Let go of the pips so that you can put your faith out with this community. And if you're far from God, I'm here to say to you, Jesus Christ died on the cross so that he put his faith out, so that he can bring us into a shared faith, a connected faith in Jesus' name. Can we stand? I would like to pray for us. Just there where you stand, I would like, like for you just to take a moment and just maybe, if you want to close your eyes, just reflect. Reflect on some of the things that you're saying, Lord, I've actually needed faith in this area, but I've, I've partnered with the fear. I've, I've engaged with that movie that puts me in fear, that puts me disconnected. It might be that I've been holding on to some pips that are making me tired, that are making me carry, carry stuff that I'm not supposed to carry, that are making me weak and actually vulnerable to the enemy's schemes. You might be saying, hey, but Mark, I, I need to believe again. I need a brother or a sister or someone with me to believe with me again. And so God, I wanna pray for my family, this beautiful church restoration, those that are here and those that are not here, that all of us would engage in a together faith, a shared faith, that we would see you do way more than what we could think or imagine. That we would believe together, that we would pray together, that we would fast together. And if you don't mind, just I know it's just you and Jesus, but if, if you've been holding on to some stuff that's been holding you back, I wanna ask you to close your hands for a few seconds and then just to open them prophetically. Say, Lord, I let go. Even some of the disappointments. I trusted you in the past and I believed with a brother or a sister. I even believed alone and I didn't see it. I wanna let go of those pips. I wanna let go of the disappointments or even the, even the perceptions, misperceptions that I've had. I wanna put my faith out with my brothers. And then Lord, with our hands open, if you don't mind opening your hands in front of you, Ah, I just sense such a release in the spirit. Holy Spirit, we wanna welcome you. Fill us afresh. Could you just, even just receive, just receive. I don't know if you wanna take a deep breath, but just a, just a, Lord, I receive. I receive your spirit, I receive your strength. May I be like that armor bearer. May I be like Jonathan that says, I don't wanna do this alone. May I be like Josephat that says, let's fast together. Let's pray together. Let's sing together. Let's believe together. If you're standing here this morning and you are disconnected from Jesus and you've been far from him and this morning you want to turn your back on sin and you wanna become a follower of Christ, I wanna ask you to be bold and just put your hand up. I'd like to pray for you. Just while the rest of us are receiving. 
If you've been far from Jesus and you know that today you need to turn your back on sin and you need to open your heart to Jesus, just put your hand up. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Father, I want to thank you right now that all of us would prioritize looking unto you. Prioritize, Lord, that we would daily wake up saying, Jesus, I want to I wanna know you. I want to let go of the pips and I want to hold on to you. You are the author. You are the perfecter of my faith. And even Restoration Church, Lord, as you have made this beautiful expression, you've planted, this is the planting of the Lord for the display of your glory and your splendor. Jesus, I want to speak over this church that we would be a church that experiences your presence and that shares that this church would become, that it will be known. What you're doing with this church, this community, would be known to those that desperately need a family like this. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Bless you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 